We intend to offend, we will offend. And if you have a delicate sensibility, click the X button in the corner, or if you're on a Mac, the red button in the left corner. Monty, welcome to the show of offending people. Well, um, it never happened and I make shit up. Uh, so <laughs> just yeah, uh, for the last couple of weeks, everyone that has asked for a reading, uh, apparently you're all from Scotland, from Hurley in Scotland. Uh, and you all live the same lives. It's very metaphysical, where because we're all one, <coughs> and I can't read the Acacia records. I didn't even have a card. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another adventure into comedy. I am joined by intrepid comedical co-host Monty Dean and Senor. With the new mustache, Bruce McDonald. Greetings. How are you today? I am doing good today. It's the day of bad accents. <laughs> yes. Buenos tardes. And Bruce, the magnum PI of the Talamanca Mountains. <laughs> Solving crime one holiday at a time. Now, for all of you that are I'll... new, go ahead. I always considered a mustache the domain of a cop or a pervert, but up here in the mountains, I just don't care anymore. Yes. Now, if you are new to a comedy show done by a spiritual master, we intend to offend, as our opening credits said. If you're one of those people who wants to have a reading and wants to know your motherfucking purpose, this is not the show. Call back on a Thursday. If you are going, I want to know about baby raping lizard wizards and why aren't you telling me about the future and why don't you dream of David Wilcock, blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. This isn't the show for you. Click the X button on the side or on a Mac, the red dot on the other. We intend to offend. We shall offend. And guess what? If we don't think we don't live up to your version of comedy and you want to go and troll the thing, Randy's not funny. Fuck off. Okay. You would come on and try to do two straight hours of comedy nonstop unprepared. In, yeah, <laughs> uh, improvised. Yes. As well, uh, you do actually have a purpose. It's laugh, you bastards. Exactly. Not to mention, <laughs> it's seven o'clock in the morning for Monty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still in the I'm still in the dream state. Exactly. <laughs> so you all, all you Monty haters out there, you you learn to love Monty, or guess what? I will make Monty the grand master of this show, and he's going to talk for two straight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reminds uh, She gave me an idea, Andrew. Uh, on the next Thursday show, I'm going to ask you how I can feed off their anger. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to tap into troll power. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, the more you give me, the stronger I am. Feel the power of the troll. <laughs> the troll side is very, very. It <laughs> believes you aren't funny. <laughs> it truly believes you aren't funny. You underestimate the power of the troll side. <laughs> exactly. Now, because yeah, tell the balance. troll a joke. <laughs> tell the troll a joke. Well, actually, I I can actually strike start with him it. I, down with your comedy <laughs> power. <laughs> strike him down and take your place take, beside me. Yeah, take your Someone's place <laughs> as MC of the comedy <laughs> show. <laughs> I've been watching Return of the Jedi again. <laughs> Good. Let the fate, let the hate flow through you. Uh, no, let um, the comedy flow through you. Yeah. <laughs> Put on clown makeup, for you are exactly. a left card. <laughs> exactly. 
Now, now embrace your comedical co-host <laughs> energy and feel the power. Make connections that no other pe- person can possibly imagine in, in an amusing way. <laughs> exactly. uh, speaking of which, um, I think Elon Musk still thinks he's on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live because he just recently tweeted, it's about time we have a carbon tax. I'm like, Elon's changed <laughs> since he's spent a week wow. in NBC. No, I think he's trolling. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's trolling. Well, we, yeah, we don't know now because uh, when he did Saturday SNL, um, he jokingly said uh, Dogecoin is a hustle and the numbers plunged. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I, I think humanity is awesome, but then there's this uh, element of like, you know, people are dumb. And then you have an example like this. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Humans are flawed, but I love them from afar. So if you are listening on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or anywhere else and want to be actually a part of the interactive show where we look at the chat room, you must be here in the Zoom room. I am not going to tell you how to get here because you are all capable internet intelligent people who can figure out how to put a meeting number and a passcode and enter a URL number. It seems in the past we have had people that are computer illiterate and or lazy who are unable to enter Zoom meeting number 9110011974 and passcode 4457500. For some reason, it keeps failing on them. Mm. Whatever gremlins they have are their gremlins. Now, if you are one of those people with an old phone, like a dial-up phone and all that, there's phone numbers for you call in US, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, and you can listen and still be a part of the show. You can still raise your hand. You can still interact with everything that's going on here. You just can't be a part of the chat room on your phone. That's why we advise people with smartphones to use the power of the internet. I also like to point out we are not Joe Biden and we don't judge Hispanics and blacks and the ability to get on the internet. Correct. And we are officially socially distanced here on Zoom. So we are maskless. Oh, but no, but the CDC, you don't have to wear a mask, mask, if you're vaccinated. But now apparently there's a, there's a fear. Are any of us here vaccinated? No. Well, not the latest one. No, I I I haven't been vaccinated since the 20th century, but you know, my my niece has more vaccines than I have and she's six. I think Uh, the last time I had a vaccine was probably 2004 and that was a flu vaccine. Hmm which I ended up later getting the flu from. No, a vaccine that contains the flu <laughs> gave you gave the, flu. the flu. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, my mom has the flu shot every year, and I'm like, just tell me when, and I, you won't see me for two weeks. <laughs> and my dad and my stepmom are having the jab on the 1st of June, so hopefully it's a good one. Actually, so Bruce, it, hold funny. on a second. Bruce, we would like for you to channel your inner mustache, man. Are you offering mustache rides? To the chat room. Ew. <laughs> uh, no. 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 It $5 was tempting. Even $4 then... must-dress rides? No, no, it was very tempting. And then it occurred to me that my wife can beat me in a physical fight. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah, well, and you must um, offer her a mustache ride. And, and uh, Bruce is surrounded yeah. by his wife's family. 
all yes. 300 of them as well. So, so as a Spanish person, do you think she even knows what a mustache ride is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah pretty she sure. does. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Myanmar, pretty, pretty come here. <laughs> pretty sure. I got a question for you. Yeah. And yeah. then we see a fist come out. Poof. Um, I must, I must say Latin America is the most sensual of all the Catholic cultures I've been in. I, they, they have no problem with the body and not like the Irish or the Italians or anything like that, or, or you know, uh, Scottish Catholic like myself, but, uh, yeah, they just sort of, uh, have no problem with it. So yeah, mustache rides are mandatory in a marriage over here. Wow. Well, it appears we have somebody in the chat room who must be a doomer, gloomer, boomer that does not even know what a mustache ride is. Figure it out. Ponder. Use the power of your brain, knowing that this is a comedy show and there's a dual meaning behind it. Yeah. Or just um, uh, go to YouTube and put in Monty Python, sit on my face. That's a minute worth of song that you'll you'll discover what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sit on my face and tell me that you love me. <laughs> it's so funny. Like when they were they were doing, uh, they stopped doing television, so they started recording records, and they got in the famous um, men singing group from the BBC, and <laughs> the reactions were like, "You want me to sing this?" <laughs> it works though. The, I, the irony, the irony of people suddenly figuring out what a mustache ride is. Thank you, oh. Frida, for sharing your innocence and having an aha moment here. See, yeah, it's still spirit. It's spiritual comedy. So through the comedy, you get spiritual, and that, that's why Andrew does the uh, warning disclaimer at the start. If you don't think find things funny, um, it, you need to evolve spiritually. That that's my get out of jail free card. You're not laughing. Oh, clearly you need to do work. I mean, it could <laughs> exactly. Smoke. Clearly you <laughs> didn't do any winter work. Yeah, it's like I'm spiritual, and you say a joke. I'm offended. Like, yeah, doing well. <laughs> but it's not love and light. Yeah, but we live in a duality. You twit. We're the other spiritual guys. Yes, we're the other spiritual guys. <laughs> the other white spirituality. <laughs> you thinking what I'm thinking, Monty? The bushes. <laughs> we gotta trim what? those bushes. Uh, the, the family that's gonna be the funniest oh. scene i've ever seen in a cop comedy a buddy comedy movie like that when uh, denzel uh, not denzel but um uh uh the rock and uh, samuel L. jackson jump off the building and they're supposed to hit the tree and they miss and they're on the sidewalk yep. and the other guys take over <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie great great buddy oh. cop movie yeah and he's got the wooden gun <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Office the other, thank you, thank you, Albert. Yes, we are the other spiritual guys. I'm just waiting for um, The Rock to have a, um, a sec sex allegation, and I'm sure someone in the journalistic world that thinks they're a comedy, the the headline will be <laughs> between a, a between a rock between the rock and a hard place. Ah, uh, 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 uh. oh, thank. You. There's the support that I need. I'm, I'm kidding. I get it. The irony, the irony of this world that we live in. Yeah, now, I want to talk. I want to talk about irony for just a second here. What's the most ironous moment you have had, Monty and Bruce? Really ponder. What is the most ironous moment you've had? And a chat room too. 
one one the one that comes to mind straight away is it's ironic that Americans don't get irony. So there is that as, as a collective, not individually. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can't even narrow it down. Everything's ironic now. It, you know, uh, being the word guy, let me give an official Oxford concise dictionary definition for irony. It's when the intended meaning of something you say is the literal and diametric opposite of what it actually is. So everything is ironic now. Everything is inverted. That's what I see going on in the world. Every, I, I mean, to pick one, what is the most? I, I don't even have a scale for that kind of metric. It's like uh, you would need one of those truck weigh-in centers to get a, to get a grasp so, on, on the level of irony by the, now. By, by the definition of irony, we've reached so irony that irony is no longer irony anymore. It's reversed itself. Same with parody, and, yeah, parody yeah. and satire. And also, I was uh, lucky enough to read a book that's coming out mid-June where the idea put forward is even the concept of time is ironic. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> so, exactly. It's like a friend of mine who yeah, teaches, like, everything's an illusion except time. And when I'm in the room, it's like, yeah, but time's an illusion as well. Yeah, I know, but with that people aren't at that level yet. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the irony of time is that when you get to a certain, you can transcend it in your consciousness. So time is temporary. There's the irony. Time is temporal. Walt, walt, walt. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to use my irony on my shirty so I can go to worky. And have an iron shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and isn't it ironic you have an iron shirt at work? Yeah, I've seen a, a stand-up comic from uh, Ireland rip apart that song. Isn't it ironic? You're looking for a, a fork and you find 10,000 spoons. Question, who the hell has 10,000 spoons? You have a problem. <laughs> you like, buy a spork. Oh, people collect spoons. I had a great aunt who had an absolutely brilliant teaspoon collection. Yeah, did she have a heroin problem? No, 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 no. no okay. she, had a, she had a spoon problem. <laughs> there are spoons. No, there is that's what, instead of there is no spoon, there are spoons everywhere. Yeah, that, that my mum collected spoons as well. And yeah, you know, just check to see if there's any um black markings underneath. I'm just going <laughs> uh the power of spork. Yeah, why why have you ever actually try to you ever actually try to use a plastic spork to eat? <laughs> I think I have. It it doesn't work. You you need no, a metal especially one that's sharp. On the, pre-processed carbon food carb cardboard food that it comes with yeah like i keep passing mcdonald's and i keep thinking that's a good idea like not a good idea to get mcdonald's just mcdonald's is a good idea but the application's really bad well if they continue with this pan- pandemic prison analogy beginning with the lockdown the sporks will be arriving at your homes pretty soon mm-hmm. they will as lo- along with with your your the local prison guard well, according to yes. the CDC, <laughs> according to the CDC, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And it's like, wow, you've changed again. And uh, vice, uh, former Vice President Joseph Biden has actually tweeted. Now, imagine if Trump's had tweeted this uh, new rule: uh, if you've been vaccinated, uh, or yeah, be, uh, get vaccinated or wear a mask, the choice is yours. And geez, Twitter went for a field day with that. <laughs> Basically, I've just seen a lot of fuck you. <laughs> Man, that fish eat day. I'm Joe Biden. 
Yeah, I actually put that meme up on. I know. On, yeah, that yeah. is that is your best area of comedy. Actually, is memes almost like ninety nine percent of them crack me up. Yeah, uh, I got fact checked <laughs> for that. You got fact checked. Really. Yes. Yeah, Joe Biden didn't say this. No, really. Isn't it ironic you don't have a sense of humor? <laughs> so I want to thank Albert for this one. I used to like a girl that only hung out with me because she liked my married friend slash girl. They got together. They married they married friend divorced her rich husband and got nothing from the divorce. And then they got married and now they're divorced. <coughs> now you hear something ironic. I have an uncle that married the same woman three times. And the cycle yeah. repeats. He literally married the same woman three times. <laughs> some, some, people, some, some people do that for the passion. I, I, I used a lawyer in Atenas, Costa Rica, when I used to live there five years ago, who had divorced and remarried his wife five times. And uh, it was just some little passion play the two of them went through. It was quite something. I blame the soap operas. Yeah, Phil Donahue married his wife twice. <laughs> oh, what the, the marriage uh the marriage office jerry's back oh it's the same woman yeah <laughs> okay yes you think you're making a mistake we'll, we'll find out in a year won't we yeah, again? you'll be back don't worry you'll be back <laughs> this is not like baker yeah, this is not baker's delight where he, after four marriages the fifth one's free that's not how it works here so anna yes this lifetime married the same woman three times in a span of 25 years yeah, it's a, oh, Uncle Uncle Dave's getting married again. Who to? The same woman. We've done this twice. <laughs> like, I'm wearing the same dress. Fuck right. it. <laughs> you don't know how much I love you. So, 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 Bruce, you said you were going to start writing Spanish soap operas. What kind of Spanish soap operas are you going to write? Oh my God, I, I, I love that. Well, all of the soap operas in Latin America come out either, either Colombia or Mexico. About 80% come out of Colombia and about 20% of Mexico. And it's just, they're all kind of like Dallas in the 80s, but the drama and the look is just to the max. It's a 10 yeah. out of 10, right? And everybody's got the attitude, the chin up, and the, it's just, they're just, you don't even have to speak Spanish. You just watch the pictures and you can pretty much get, guess what's going on. The right. body language is so descriptive. You should get that, that NGO that came around to, to, to fund a movie, stu a studio to, to, do, <laughs> to, do, to do soap operas on the Talamanca Mountains. Just call it Abaca. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's, as the, there, as there's the actually Abaca a really... As the, the abaca grows, as the abaca grows, it starts really with three Nicaraguan laborers arguing with their wives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a really good sitcom up here, man. Between all the characters up here, the Cape Car natives, the Nicaraguan laborers, the crack, the single men crackhead alcoholics, and uh, uh -huh. just the you know, it's just I, you could really. I have one question. I, I have one question. a little YouTube channel. Just like my life in the Talamancas. <laughs> yes, my life in the Talamancas. I always, I always threatened I was going to write a soap opera when I was at a, when I ran coffee shops called As the Coffee Pot Drips. So when I when I read the comments in Facebook groups that are related to expats in Costa Rica and, and like ninety percent of the people live in gated communities, I'm reading their comments. Oh, man, are we even living in the same country? What are you talking about? It's just such a different experience, right? When you go somewhere and you. You, you go into a little, uh, let's call it gringo town, like Chinatown. And um, 
And I, I rented a house uh, for two months in a gated community at a beach uh, when my son first came over in 2016. And the drama going on in there was just absolutely outrageous. They had like a condominium committee board, police to catch your, you know, if you didn't clean up your dog poop. It, it was ridiculous. It was like a gulag. All the things that you left, you left the States for. <laughs> yeah. Is the, yeah. Is it because it's in Spanish? Does it give it that extra little pep and flow? If you watch it in yes. English, would it be the same? No. Well, in the gated community, it's all in English and it's all Americans. And if you don't know Monty, there's a big difference between a Canadian and American. So when you're living in a gated community full of Americans, it's quite an experience. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they call that New York. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just, yeah. You know, imagine the soap operas. You know, it's all in Spanish, and like that—that's just the 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 cherry on the top of the cake of the drama and the acting. It's because in English it would be like this, you know, like EastEnders has been going for you know decades in England, and they all speak like this, don't they? Like yeah. I'm having a dramatic moment, and I'm sounding like I'm Michael Caine. So you actually the, the, you actually sound more like um, uh, David Icke there. The, the Ooh, Costa Rican sitcoms uh, are kind of, the Costa Rican sitcoms are kind of like uh, Three's Company with a 1970s Doctor Who set budget. Oh, nice! We've got ten pounds. Quick, build an apartment. <laughs> but they they do just fine. People like them. Yeah, well, South Park is a good example of like you don't need three hundred million dollars CGI. You can have construction paper. It's the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about the story, Monty. Yeah. Really? You know that. A writer all about the story? Go figure. I'm all about uh, the yeah. story. Well, I still think you should tell you should ask the NGO about funding a, a soap opera movie studio. You have the technical <laughs> yeah. background to do it. I could easily do it. Yeah. I studied <laughs> you even, you even have a, as well. Right, you even have a producer from Colombia named Robert that can come around. I've got yeah, a title for yeah, you. Yeah. I've got What's a title. That? Not without my llama. I would call it pero, peros and equilibras. So all, all, all the women in Costa Rica refer to the men as peros, peros, dogs, and all of the men refer to the women as culebras, snakes. So peros y culebras. <laughs> and... Um, and Coming up next here on life. HBO, yeah. uh, Dogs and Snakes, the love story of <laughs> Southern America. Where the terrier falls in love with a cobra. What happens <laughs> next? Then a mongoose yeah. turns up into the scene and things get hairy. Exactly. An Indian I, mongoose. I can, <laughs> I can verify there are no mongoose here, Monty, only because I'm looking for them when I want them. Just, 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 just rewrite that um, Monty Python sketch. A tiger in Africa. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> it works. It works. Anyways, mongoose are evil beings. They are not pleasant. <laughs> they, are, they, they, are, they, they are like cracked out angry squirrels. <laughs> yeah. Squinges. Yeah. God, God put a lot of viciousness into that whole weasel genus. I'll tell you right now. I mean, the honey badger, the wolverine, the fisher in Canada. It's just, that is, this is a very vicious animal uh, species there, the whole genus of the weasel. There's not one of them that's not formidable, no matter how small they are. <laughs> yeah, it's like Australia. The 80 90% of the animals in Australia want to kill you. 30% can. The other, <laughs> the other percentage want to, but they can't. <laughs> 
every once in a while, somebody will put up a photo collage of like w- wonderful Australia or something. And it's just the most bizarre stuff I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, like you guys have a huge spider problem there, right? Well, no, uh, there's a truce. The, the trick is you leave it. That's the thing about like, you know, you, you live in nature. Um, to have, live in harmony with the, the animals is leave them alone. <laughs> like, you don't go up to a bear and go poke, poke, poke. Oh, he seems to be upset. <laughs> He's sleeping and you poke him in the eye. Uh, but most animals uh, just, you just leave them alone and, you know, go about your day. Most snakes run away from you because they're scared. It's usually um, if you get too close and then they react. Uh, we people say we have a shark problem. It's like, no, you put on a black wetsuit, look like a seal, and went into the shark's lounge room. Yeah. And oh, we have to kill the sharks. No, when the shark enters my lounge room, then we have a problem. So, yes. And, yeah. and, and, and sharks like, oh, Grubhub's here. Yeah. So, yeah, yellow fluorescent uh, wetsuits. That's the best thing when you go surfing. Because yeah. the shark are going, what? what is that, a glow stick? Oh, I'm staying away from that. What 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 happens in Australian daytime TV? What what's going on there? Um, I have to remember my stoner days. Um, well, okay. we show American soap operas, <laughs> so okay. we don't actually our soap operas are ran about dinner time, tea time. Uh, you have neighbours home and away. Neighbours are still going because it gives uh, people in Australia in the industry work, but it's it's very successful in England, so it's yeah. made for the English audiences. And it's just, you know, um, quick writing tip. If you want to write for a soap opera, something bad happens at the start of the episode and then you make mistakes for the next 20 minutes. Yeah. that That's basically I, the, the writing formula. Yeah, it's, it's just normal life stuff. I think Coronation Street out of Britain is the longest running daytime TV show, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. It's they might, going they might have, yeah, might have started the whole thing now. Downton Abbey uh, is really a soap opera. Actually, no, the longest running episode. Actually, the longest running episodic in TV history is Monday Night Raw wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I, I did say longest running soap opera, though. Okay, so I didn't hear that part. I thought episodic, yeah. I know the, I know for a fact that the longest running episodic is WWE wrestling Monday Night Raw. Yeah. That started very early 80s, didn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there was before Coronation Street, there were I think there was a show called Compact. Um, they've had soap operas on the BBC since the fifties, but they they don't seem to drop off here in Australia. In the seventies, we had number ninety six, but uh, Home and Away started I think about eighty eight. Neighbours mm-hmm. is eighty seven. Uh, Coronation Street's around that. The Bill had a nice chunk about two and a half decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Who's been going since sixty three, but it had sixteen years. Um, uh, rest time, uh, even Star Trek, but even with Star Trek, it only lasted three seasons. But the franchise has been going since '66. Yeah, good call. I forgot all about that. The original was only three seasons. Hey, that's kind of amazing yeah. when you think about it. And then, yeah. and then they didn't touch it until Next Generation, right? That's right. Yeah, '87. Yeah. Uh, but other films were very popular. Um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture was the mid '70s from memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 79. Yeah. Um, and I think um, Star Wars kicked that off. It's fascinating where uh, Rocky was one year before Star Wars. And um, it, in the, if you remember the 70s, if you look at all the films, it's like um, 
Charles Bronson and um, the disaster movie. And then you had uh, these two big uh, movies come out and they were vastly popular because it was uh, a hopeful journey of, you know, the hero's journey with, I mean, Rocky was made on a shoestring budget and it was huge. And that, that, I think that that started the whole sequel um, thing. Uh, Star Wars just turned into a trilogy, but before then there wasn't, you know, you had Planet of the Apes, but sci-fi movies back then um, made five million, which was a success, but very low um, profit margin compared to everything else. And then Star Wars came out because it was completely different. Um, when the crew was making it in England, they thought, "What? What is this crappy little sci-fi fantasy um, fairy tale?" And then it just exploded. Yeah, I think there's an untapped market in sci-fi. I, I think that if you humanized it more and gave it more drama and made the sci-fi or the context of the show only one facet of it rather than, you know, the horses said, leading the cart. It would said be, the man it would, who despises sci-fi. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge <laughs> sci-fi guy. Andrew and I Isn't had this ironic? conversation off air. Yeah. But as a writer, I can tell you there's a lot missing there that could make it a lot better, and, right? And because you avoid sci-fi like a plague, you've never experienced Battlestar Galactica, the remake, or Babylon Ooh. 5. Let me Ooh. tell you something. J. Michael Kostritsky will make your writer's butt, butt pucker in 122 episodes. I, I did see the reboot of Battlestar Galactica with Edward James Olmos, and I thought it was brilliant. I got yeah. hooked on that. But again, that was an example. Again, remember what we talked about, Andrew. The only sci-fi book I've ever read and read more than once is The Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. So I really cued into the whole consciousness AI thing and they did that brilliantly in Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Yeah, but there are many, right. many, many other sci-fi novellas, novels out there that are mind-blowingly awesome. And I know you, yeah. you, you blanket judge them as 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 as, as pulp fiction. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, watch I do. the, I do. If yeah. if you watch the Blade Runner um, sequel, you probably enjoy it more on mute because it looks gorgeous. It's yes, boring yes. as batshit. <laughs> What the fuck's happening? Oh, look, Han Solo's in it. Yeah, it's it's it, that's the problem with the, the the technology and the budget. They make everything look gorgeous, and then the main characters are, like, "I'm going to do something stupid now." I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. So I have a request from the chat room. Andrew needs to name some of the top five puckering triggers so I understand this com- concept. Here's oh, the first the visual. Twist. Have you ever been into a point where you're almost going to run into the back of a car and all of a sudden the spring inside your seat sucks into your asshole? That is a butt pucker <laughs> moment. Now, yeah. I have to, that I have is to a ask. visceral. <laughs> Has that so, happened to you, Andrew? <laughs> I'm yes, just wondering. A few <laughs> times. Where, where, oh, no, we're going to hit and the spring pops through. That's a butt pucker <laughs> you know, so, moment. Uh, you know when you're leaning on the back of a chair and you're about to fall and you catch yourself? Yep. Yeah. That's a butt pucker yeah. moment too. That's just yeah. a, that's the one where you so, it's more like sucking of air up and not an actual <laughs> sprint. Yeah. Somebody in chat asked if I like 2001 and said, oh, I mean, come on, you got to like this. I absolutely love 2001. I've seen it about 21s. That's not sci-fi. That's Stanley Kubrick. Yes, that's Stanley Kubrick. Exactly. Brittany, you're welcome. Now that you get it, I'm <laughs> sure you've had many butt pucker moments in your life. 
Yeah, like it's like um, and someone enters the room and everyone's like, <gasps> and the the atmosphere pressure increases because everyone's just inhaled all the oxygen. And it's not a moment where your boyfriend goes, "Hey, there's another hole." <laughs> That's different. Yeah. Yeah, playing the back nine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's really with that moment where it's oh shit. <laughs> Uh, wait, we need to talk. (laughs) I gotta ask, has anyone had a moment where metaphorically it felt like you were going to suck a spring through the seat? I have. (laughs) Driving a limo with 23 people and a homeless man jumps out in front of me. Oh, no. Uh, The the joy of inertia. (laughs) The car stopped, but everyone else kept going. (laughs) That's why, you know, they've got in the car the pastoral shelf. I don't know why it's called that. Do not put a parcel a parcel on there because um, when you when the car stops, everything else that's loose continues on until it hits something. So if you have anything in the parcel, it could take your head clean off. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> Santo, he's like when there's a when there's a smell in the ever elevator and everyone looks at you. Yeah, that's a pucker moment. That's yeah. more like a suck. That's more of a sucker moment. Yeah. Uh, I saw one of the best memes. It's um, from episode one, Star Wars Phantom Menace. It's a uh, young Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to Qui-Gon Jinn. And it says, you know, um, farting in an elevator is so wrong on many levels. If you ever really, yes. really, really, really need workman's comp and you're, and you're working in an office, just switch to a diet, three meals a day of cabbage and beans. You'll get your workman's comp in three weeks. <laughs> There was a comedy troupe here in Australia called the Degeneration, and they started out doing sketch comedy on um, the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, um, and they created something called the Fart Whistle. So there was no arguments of uh, who farted, and so um, every every time someone farted, you had little jingles and everything else like that. So the Fart Whistle is about that long, white, and so it, it it's it made a tune when you let go. I have to say the pit bull is the most gassiest dog I know of. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. Why do, he, he's and they, right beside and, me now, giving, they, a, giving and, another sense <laughs> other than auditory and visual to this uh, broadcast. And they, and they enjoy it. And they immediately yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be scared do. when they actually they have... Um, they, they, that's the final frontier with television and um, video is smell-o-vision. Because, uh, uh, like with Private Ryan, um, veterans actually saw it. And the, uh, what did you think of it? The only thing that was missing was the smell. And I'm kind of glad of that. Where um, just the, the the mass slaughter and yeah, Steven Spielberg so, knows how to start a film, doesn't he? Like 20 minutes of just carnage, and then the story starts. Yeah. So I I went to India for a month in 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 2012 with my son. We went on a little trip. I took him a week out of school and then we went over to Christmas break. And when I came back, some people at work were asking me, was it, what's it like? Is it, is it really like that movie Slumdog Millionaire? And I said, yeah, exactly like that. But you really can't understand it absent the olfactory sense. You just can't get it. You have to yeah. be there. Yeah. It's amazing how they've let that place go. Right. And now as the, you know, when, when you look at COVID and new Delhi and stuff, I mean, it's just, you know, how they say that, uh, 
you know, any ancillary condition will exacerbate the virus. New Delhi, the entire city is an ancillary condition for everybody living in there, all 24 million people. It's all one giant Petri dish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really it, amazing. There's irony. The people who invented Ayurveda living so in such an unhealthy way, that, there's irony right there, right? That's right. Mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Now, since, since the, the conversation of gas has normally aroused out of its normal way, I'm going to share a story I know I've shared once before, uh, but there are some new people here. So many, 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 many years ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was just learned how to drive. I was like 16 going on 17. And my middle mother, Mike, my middle, my middle brother, Mike, went over to my grandmother's house because she had gone to Greece for two months. So he was watching the dogs over there and he was the one being responsible for that. And he had a friend over and uh, I do this friend very well. And so I was going to go over and just hang out with him and do some, play some games and stuff. And I remember opening the sliding door and both the dogs run out of the house with this weird look on their face. And then I am accosted by this most awful smell I have ever had. Like, like somebody sprayed fucking tear gas in there. And I, I'm like, whoa, what is this? And the dog's like, me, 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 you know, like whimpering to get out. Okay. And there they are in the kitchen laughing their ass off, farting every two, three, four seconds. I'm like, what the hell's happened? And like, we made chili and it's making us fart. Long story short, my grandmother only buys dried beans. So uh -huh. they made chili with dried beans, which is full of nitrogen, which creates nonstop gaseous effect. They never soaked the beans. Mm -hmm. This stuck in my head. Come 10 years later, I am with a group of friends who are, let's say, very metrosexual. Always love to primp and get themselves ready. A bunch of really hot girls. And every other Friday, it was somebody was going to make dinner, and then we'd all go out, and it was my time to make dinner. And I decided to make a chili as a joke. But I used steak instead of ground beef. And I fried it. I made it perfect. And I used dried beans. And then we went out to nightclubs. Intentionally. Girls, intentionally. Oh, yes. Oh, intentionally. This was a prank that I was going to play on them. And I knew that some of these girls were, uh, let's just say, very social. <laughs> and uh, I had to hold it in. And I'm watching like girls in tight clothes, like a bubble popping up in the spandex. <laughs> Metaphorically, oh, oh, it was so I cannot even. I know I've told this story before, but yeah, I, I had for years I couldn't say anything because I know I would have had a hit taken out on me. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> I like that part of the story. Is like, you know, years later. Oh, by yes. the way. Oh, by the way, you remember that night? <clears throat> well, everyone ended up getting. It got to the point where girls were going to the bathroom all by themselves. <laughs> and why do girls in a club go to the bathroom by themselves they don't want anyone to know you just have um, uh, David Attenborough uh, in the background see has the one female pairs away from the <laughs> exactly <laughs> pairs away from the other or they're out on the dance floor and no one will grind with them <laughs> you uh... know no one coming close to the grind. Oh yes. <laughs> I, I love fighting in nightclubs because there's so many people and if you're you're hitting a nice stride, because I was um we call them glassy bus boys. Basically, you've learned how to maneuver in a crowd. And so you can get from point A to point B in a nanosecond because everyone, it's like um, uh, running through rain. You know, you're that fast. <laughs> no drops on you. 
but if you fart during that you can just hear you know <laughs> it's like a sonic boom with farts where you go through you let it out and then there's that enough enough time has uh dissipated where they don't know it was you but there's this wafting obnoxious cloud right. following you along in, the, in your right. wake <laughs> you know and then there there's there's pictures of that night which i later found out later where they're they're like sweating from trying to dance but you could just tell that in the picture they're all gassing up a storm <laughs> you know no one wants to dance with them nothing i later found out one girl went home with a guy <laughs> and he went to go eat her out she farted right on him <laughs> when we were arrived at Denny's, can't tell you how many people were blaming it on the le- on the on the pleather seats that, that they're there's so that was the seat making the noise. It wasn't me. <laughs> and there's all that fear, you know, when you you go to fart and it's not. Yes, <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, these were juicy juicy rumblers. That's the nature of what happens when you have unsoaked beans. Yeah. Okay, it's just like the cheeks go. <laughs> Yeah. There's force behind it. The <laughs> the joy of the digestive system, ladies everyone. See here we have comedy, spirituality, and medical information. So Colleen saying you're a horrible friend. Well, these girls deserved it. I'm <laughs> Karma, sorry, my friends. They deserved it. And let me tell you something. I did not harm them. I only fed them. Yeah, what's they're my alive karma? today. What's my karma in this? Uh, good karma, because you fed them and they stayed alive because of you. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> How am I a bad person? I fed you. You're still alive today because of me. Anyways, the, over the years, I, I, I ended up, I had to tell someone, and I told my one friend, Dave, and he's like, you did what? I remember that night. I remember. It. Oh my god! He's like, I had to walk up with my fucking ash cheeks punker puckered up everywhere I went. They remember? No, they remembered the night. I'm sure they remembered the night. <laughs> and then, as, as the story started to spread amongst the group of friends, I had already gone, and I was in in doing the galactic historian stuff and i would get these calls if i see you you're dead you're dead <laughs> and you quickly go to the case of records no no it's not you nope not you exactly <laughs> i'm fine for a couple of years <laughs> and then about i don't know maybe eight eight nine months ago the same group of friends we all got we got to got back together and i got a few slaps on the back of the heads and we had a big laugh about it but this is like 19 years later, 18 years later. Yeah. But I just the night was you... well the night was well remembered. And and because each individual person had a moment where the gas was so forceful and loud, like it was absolutely identified. What happened there? What did you do? It wasn't me. It was blamed on everyone else. <laughs> I just realized there was a bit of karma for you, Andrew. Remember that bear that left a present on your front step? Oh yes! Oh yeah, God! Yeah, yeah. Um, there could be a connection. <laughs> I will never forget that walking up. What the fuck? <laughs> like what the fuck? If I had taken two more steps, I'd have stepped in it. You would have drowned in it. It's like did a t- did a T Rex walk by and have a crap? What the hell? <laughs> exactly. I can't tell you how much laughs I'm like. What's the bear like? Oh man, I got a shit. I would go to the colonics guy. <laughs> I just like find it, you know, um, a, you know, lives in nature, um, is one with, in harmony with with uh, the planet. 
Nah, that that doorstep there, that looks inviting. So I now invite everyone to ponder who in your grand family would want to have a chili. Yes, there it is. That is the size of that is the bear shit. That was the size of a giant snow shovel to get off. That thing is like literally like three feet round. Okay. <laughs> and I and that picture right there, if I had literally taken two more steps off my porch, it would have been right. I'd have stepped right in it. Like his paws must have been on my porch steps as he's going, oh boy, it's coming. <laughs> breathe, breathe, push, push, breathe, breathe. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so I invite everyone to remember the unsoaked beans and may your family have an enlightened moment. Yep, yeah. Um, Thanksgiving should be interesting for you this year. <laughs> You'll be putting masks back on. <laughs> yes, gas masks. <laughs> I wanted to buy, uh, like during lockdown, if I had the money, I would have bought one of those Israeli gas gas masks for about two hundred dollars each, and just walk around and mumble stuff and yelling at people for wearing those flimsy little um, uh, cloth masks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everyone will have their own experience with the dried beans. Mm. Anyways, long story short, once the truth came out. There were there were some evil looking eyes at me, but it it was it was a comical moment twenty something years later. But did I live in fear? No, I lived in laughter that these these hot ten girls, that you know, just were having the moment where the spandex was having some bubbles in it. And this is from a man that what a decade and a half later would um, for spiritual cleansing. Uh, uh, basically um tell everyone to get colonics so yes get colonics what the hell's wrong with you? you're backed up you've got 20 pounds of shit in you that's what's wrong with you yeah oh. and it, it's interesting when you have those fasts like i naturally my body's gone no we're going on a fast now like all right and and when you you take a dump and it's pure black it's like oh. what the hell did i eat <laughs> like, oh. that's that's that mcdonald cheeseburger from 16 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah, it's it's yeah, it's interesting how the the doctors go through medical school for four years, but they spend one morning on nutrition and the digestive system. It says, Colleen, thank you. Andrew is the colonic crusader. That's right. Instead of a big cross, it's just a little circle <laughs> with his cape and <laughs> his cape and his tube. Yes. <laughs> now, are you a villain or a superhero? <laughs> Well, it's, it's it, it all depends on how you perceive the colonic. Yeah, yeah. He's in the gray area. He's in the gray area. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. What's what's one thing that helped you to reach enlightenment? I, I crapped a lot. Yep, <laughs> crapped out like twenty pounds of, of petrified shit. Yeah, I want to have a T-shirt saying, "I read my Twitter on my shitter." <laughs> Yes, thank you, Caroline. My shield is a Kalima board, and my weapon is a bucket. <laughs> For I am colonic man. I am cleaning, colonic man. Cleaning colons across the planet. I want to get a visual on that. I'm looking up Kalima board. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Fits oh. over the toilet. It's got a big hood there that your ass goes right to, and it did. Takes the explosion. 
oh, the it's a poo blast guru. <laughs> it's a blast shield. <laughs> oh dear, some some modern artist is going to go. What the hell is this? Well, what I do is I eat uh, uh, laxatives and I, I poo out onto this board, and then I put them on uh, a New York gallery and sell them for three thousand dollars each. Yes, my art. You know, you, you, what his, you know what his name is? He's a Chinese Chinese painter called Hu Flung Poo. <laughs> and his brother and his manager who's his brother he flung poo yes he <laughs> flung poo exactly yes. it is and, it, and the whole family is we flung poo <laughs> yeah uh, uh, <laughs> uh from a, a I'm lower the poo, province thank you thank you i'm the poo <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just talk shit all the time. Exactly. I, I guess let's show me your shit and I can tell you what's wrong with you. <laughs> See that? Yeah, the, um, <laughs> that went on a journey. The, that went on the, a journey. The emperor of China had a medical personnel just assigned to inspecting his species. That's a true story. Yes, yeah, it's in, the, it's in the movie. Um, it's the one thing I remember from The Last Emperor. Well, I want to watch it again because it's a great movie. But the one I remember is there's a guy that... Um, the an eight year old emperor takes a crap and then the guy sniffs it just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> One does not simply unfling poo. That's correct. Once it is flung, it's on. <laughs> you wanna, Someone you wanna, is going to react. You want to play a, a very quick game of um, name one TV show or film Sean Bean didn't die in? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he got he got the I'm gonna get killed uh, typecasting for sure. Yeah. No, there's some I, love stories he didn't die in where he got the girl in the end. Oh, uh, oh okay. I was gonna say he probably died on side. Uh, Jupiter rising uh, or ascending, he doesn't die in that one. But everything else, he seems to die in. Um, Golden Eye, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Because I never read the books, and he gets killed at the end. It's like he's the reason I'm watching this thing. <laughs> so, right. That's yeah. Games of Thrones where you know, anyone can die. Well, apparently the story did in the last season. That's because they rushed it. They rushed well, that. Yeah, and they wanted, the book they hasn't wanted, been written. Well, no, they wanted to end the series because they wanted to go and make more money off of the off of the prequels and the other series because they, they were getting up to like freaking $100 billion a season. Well, yeah, because wow. I think season six was going to be the last season, but then, oh, we'll do two seasons. There was a break between six and seven. Then they released seven. Right. And then and everyone's the, like, what the fuck is this shit? They couldn't plan a nine because the actors, all the actors have become popular. Like, what's her face? Um, the the one girl that ended up in X-Men, et cetera, et cetera. They could never re- rearrange the schedule, the actor schedules. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that turned Success. ten. That TV show was ten years. Uh, the anniversary was about a month ago, and no yeah. one cared. That's how bad the last season is. Where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost undid the whole series with that last season. I, I just could not believe how badly they missed the mark there. They must. I don't know what was going on. The writers blame, or... blame the the communal co writers who took away from what the actual writers were doing, and the bean counters who were yeah. trying to make the cost of the sets go down. Yeah. And they, uh, they, they, they went further than the book, right? Like the writer. Oh, wait, keep yeah. Up with it. yeah. Yeah. He hasn't written. Yeah. He's still, it's been 10 years. He still hasn't finished the last book. Yeah. 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 Well, he made his money. He's okay. Some people just can't write to that kind of performance schedule, right? Like heavy duty, big multi-million dollar production. It's just mm-hmm. it's gotta be nerve wracking. 
Well, apparently um, Amazon is making, it's a prequel to The Lord of the Rings, which they're calling The Lord of the Rings. No confusion there. But it, it's it's leaning into the woke where um, it, it's going to represent our our world today. And it's like, fucking no. <laughs> like, what? I mean, in England, uh, they they cast and they're really, I haven't seen it and I refuse to, but they, um, was one of the wives of uh, Henry VIII, Amber, uh, Anne of whatever. Anne anyway, she, yeah, Anne, yeah, she, uh, a black woman was cast for that. So they race but- swapped. Yeah, they race swapped someone in history. So I don't know what the, act- like- what the, yeah, the acting's like, but it's like, hang on, why is there, what? It's the BBC. Wow, okay, that's just dumb. Yeah, this is dumb. I'm still waiting for my. I've got my pitch for White Panther, where Wakanda's just above Norway. <laughs> <clears throat> oh my god, there is no White Panther. Well, there's no Panthers in Africa either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like... yeah, you're out, that, that is actually a Central and South American animal. You're absolutely right. Right. Mm. <laughs> Ah, oh, dear me. But the guy who played uh, Black Panther, he um, hid his cancer and he passed away last year. He was a good was actor. A he was, he, yeah. Yeah. Chad, Chadwick Boseman. That was a bit sad, actually. Too young to go with all that success. Yes. Uh, and uh, Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar and everyone on the left freaked out because, like, no, he's dead. And um, But it's, I heard someone say they should just make a, an award for Anthony Hopkins. Every time he releases a film, he gets the Anthony Hopkins Award because he keeps winning the Academy Award. Yeah, okay, man. Did you guys watch any of the Oscar-winning movies this year? Nope. Like, no. Any, I don't even any, know which okay, ones they so, are. I don't even know what they are. I, I still I, don't I, pay attention. Yeah, I was a little curious. So I won the one that I watched the one that won Best Picture. Um, it was directed by a Chinese director and not Chinese American. She lives in in China, and it was starring Frances McDormand from Fargo, um, Marge Gunderson, and um, it's just basically was like a, a PBS budget documentary on living out of your van. They actually used like people who really lived out of their out of their vehicles um for extras in the group scenes where they would all met meet and i mean it was just i i could not believe this got best picture i mean it, it, oh, lost sound class could have done there a better go. job yeah did i go out yeah yes, you're, you you're back you're back i mean heck oh, okay. a, a talamanca mountain soap opera could have done better than that yes <laughs> and the golden yeah, globes no, is really, um... really bad the, the golden dogs globes. and the snakes can win the golden globe and the I'm sorry, the, the dogs and snakes could win could win the Oscar. <laughs> so uh the Golden Globes are in trouble as well. Uh Tom Cruise has handed back some of the awards and it's full of sexism and racism. And um it, well it's the foreign press, so maybe the, the left just don't agree with their their opinions. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, all those award shows are just dying in the ass. Same with uh, major sports as well. All the ratings. Now, during lockdown, you think people would watch more television, but their ratings are dropped because of all the political par- uh, pandering and, and virtue signaling. Because, you know, sport used to be about sport. Also, you yes. know, when you close down the pubs, you just can't go out to watch the sports. And you have a nagging wife at home who doesn't want you to put on sports. She wants to watch 
you know, fucking Oscar winning fucking van homeless people. <laughs> yeah, put on that dog yeah. and, and snake show. That's so much better than this sports ball that you watch. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have a question. Who, who exactly is the Hollywood foreign press? Like, I don't like what countries are we talking here? Like Morocco, Spain, Portugal, France. Like, what are we talking? England, here? Australia, who everyone is- that's not it's everyone, everyone who's not from the United States. Major cricket groups. <laughs> yeah, think cricket. So <laughs> cricket. <laughs> Canada. Wherever there's major there. cricket cricket teams, they're that's uh, out of Hollywood sport uh foreign press. press. Yeah, foreign press. Yeah, the, the, the hints in the title, they're foreign. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Marty. Good one. Uh, the English language does have its perks. <laughs> um, like uh, there's a, a group of military people called um, the Desert Rats. Guess what they do? Then you have the American, where Marines, which they keep sending them where there's no water. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Albert Ortega saying uh, "Amores Peros" is a good Mexican film. Yeah, I saw that in Canada. It's uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I forget what the director's name is. He's done a, he did Babylon um, with Brad Pitt as well, but it, it didn't turn out that well. But his breakout film is absolutely brilliant, I believe. Uh, Albert, am, am I right there? Are we talking about the same guy? I think we are. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, film has always been a funny thing. It's been curious to me, right? So, like, growing up, I looked at what was coming out of Canada. We're about double the population of Australia. And Australia, you guys always just could blow us away. You did like really good films. Gallipoli, Breaker Morant. Um, Mad Max. You know, Once We're Warriors. Yeah, Mad uh, Max. Yeah, yeah. Once We're Warriors is New Zealand, but that's very Australian. Anything popular from uh, New Zealand, we'd say it's Australian. <coughs> oh, Russell Crowe, he, he's good. So uh, he's from Australia. Oh, Russell Crowe threw uh, a phone at a, an employee at a hotel. Oh, that New Zealander. Uh, <laughs> is, he, uh, is, he from, is he New Zealand? Is he yeah, an Auckland yeah. boy? I'm not sure where he is in New Zealand, but his cousin played for the New Zealand cricket team. Uh-huh. Yeah, pointless information won't save your life, but you never know. <laughs> Yeah. Then yeah. you know, I think she's half Australian, half English. Uh, and um, she, one of her breakout films was Mission, Mission Impossible 2, which was made here in um, Sydney. And it's the only moment I've seen um, Tom Cruise actually act. The character is wearing, um, like, you know how they do the masks. Uh, and so the villain is wearing Tom Cruise's face. So it's actually Tom Cruise um, playing the part. And um, he talks to Thandie Newton and she is completely unaware, thinks it's Tom. She walks off and then there's just this um, sullen, you know, sort of resting bitch face, uh, a moment of the villain going, nah, you're fucked. And it's like, wow, Mr. Cruz, I found you actually act. <laughs> like it's just this three frames of, of, of the film. But yeah. And irony, Santos says, he is just driving by Russell Crowe's out Russell Crowe's property in New South Wales. Is he still owning that? Because he sold off a lot of stuff as well. So he says yes. Yeah, interesting. Because uh, yeah, he was married to a lovely lady. They've got kids, and if you've seen Russell recently, um, he's expanded. <laughs> he's aging well. If you haven't seen one of Russell's breakout films, I don't was, think um, you would. Go ahead. 
he wouldn't turn down the chili Monte even if you told him it was made with dry beans. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he you... put he put that weight on for a roll. He actually put mm. forty pounds on for a roll. Oh, okay. Well, he's a large boy. Well, he's yeah. he's just playing Russell Crowe now. Yeah, he's yeah, playing. yeah. Well, and no, he, he has a band a, too. Yeah, and he's a method actor too. So yeah, yeah. Well, well it's, it's a reason it, that it's he's, not he's like successful. It's not like Robert De Niro is still fat Jake LaMotta. I mean, you're supposed to take the weight off after the roll, right? <laughs> uh, have you seen The Irishman or How to Paint Houses? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> De Niro had to wear lifts because he's so small against uh, Pacino. And so he's got like <laughs> if platforms this big. I've seen a photo and it looks really weird. You mean Pacino wore the lifts? No, well I, well, I know De Niro did, so I don't know. Oh, that was probably just to get into the character because the guy who was playing the Irishman was huge. Yeah, yeah. supposed to be huge, yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's pretty much a requirement to be a mob enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> With platforms. <laughs> well, no, it'd be huge. Yeah, well, right. that works, yeah. Yeah. A long film, but it's worth seeing yeah. once. Yeah, there's no uh, hidden dragon, you know, crouching tiger. Just the huge guy shows up. <laughs> hey, you got I that remember, money? Uh, Don Don Rickles, uh, the stand-up comic. He, um, I think he was on a talk show, uh, but he has the best Frank Sinatra joke I've ever heard about Frank, which is, uh, "Do you know Frank Sinatra saved my life once?" Yeah, he said, "Yeah, that's enough." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I get it. For, for context, uh, for people, um, Mr. Sinatra was connected to um, some uh, uh, legitimate businessmen. And um, if Frank didn't like you, he would let you know and probably beat people because uh, he, he was part of the Vegas crew and everything else like that. So I just like that. It's just a brilliant joke. Yeah, that's it. He saved my life by stopping his goons beating me to a bloody pulp. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got big movie stars there in, in Australia too. We don't have any movie stars in, in Canada. Well, no, they moved to the United States. They're so close. Look, look, well, we do. Canadians. Yeah, we yeah. do. Actually, they moved yeah. to the United States and then they get green cards and they, they let go of their Canadian hit ship. Yeah. Ryan Stiles. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Ryan Gosling. Yep. Yep. Um, Jim Carrey. Uh, <laughs> is Rick Romandis? Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Yep. Uh, and yeah. you know, there's so many Canadians, but they just travel below the uh, the border and become American. It's very Australian, New Zealand. It's like oh, you're Canadian. No, he's American now. He's successful. He's got I his like, green card. Yeah, I like to I like to harass. Oh Jim yes, Carrey John Twitter. Love to harass Jim Jim Carrey on Twitter. You know, because he's really involved in the American political process, and I just keep repeating the same comment over and over. Jim, Jim, you're Canadian. <laughs> well, I find, yeah, Jim Carrey's a fascinating experience because he apparently has done the whole spiritual thing and turned into a ball of light and he's open and everything else like that. And then he loses his complete shit with Trump, <laughs> just yeah. all this other weird shit. And like, um, when you, when you um, take that trip to the creator and you're all that is, was, and will be, um, I think he fell down some stairs on the way back. <laughs> it's like wow yeah yeah Jim uh, Jim was funny till we started thinking too much yeah yeah 
Um, well, I it, it was funny until he stopped doing cocaine. Well, there could be that because uh, yeah. cocaine is a hell of a drug. So yeah. he um, stopped doing cocaine. He got a little serious once he cleared himself up. Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating in the world of comedy where there's comedians that are successful and they're playing to big houses. And I just look at them and go, oh, why, why is what? I don't know if it's an element of jealousy. It's like, why, why, why do we exist? Like Amy Schumer, like, yeah. I, I know she's doing comedy, but I don't see any laughter involved. Um, Ghostbusters 2016, apparently the four main leads are comedians, but I didn't laugh. I want my two hours back from watching that movie. Is that the joke? That, that, that it's a one joke film that they made it? I don't know. I, I actually laughed. Monty, at that. I, I laughed at that movie. I did laugh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And she, she just had something come out on Netflix that I thought was pretty funny, actually. I forget the name of it, but it's her, it's her most recent movie. And um, I, I thought it was really funny. She, she's hit and missed that Amy Schumer. I think a lot of people just love to hate her. I don't know why. Um, but she, she's, she's not super funny. And I agree with Ghostbusters. They absolutely killed that movie by just simply remaking it to have uh, four female leads in it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's, They're coming out with a sequel. And Ivan, Ivan, Jason Reitman, his son is making it. So that, that actually might be pretty good. Yeah. I think the story is that Egon's grandchildren are part of it. So yes, I've seen the, I've seen the trailer for it. Yeah. yeah. I look forward uh, to that. Uh, Cause I think uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote the script or he's part of it as well. So they, they're going to do it right. <laughs> yeah. There's another Canadian uh, in Hollywood, right? Yes, yeah, um, and he he's into the whole alien side of things, and it's fascinating as well. Like in the, is exopolitics the right word? Um, there seems to be two camps where there's the spiritual side of things, and then there's everyone else just going by scientific uh, evidence, where so, oh Area Fifty One and everything else like that. Well, this guy can, you know, Andrew can talk to the aliens. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> it's. So when I, uh, Dan Aykroyd was uh, from Ottawa, my hometown, and when I was in grade eight, I had a math teacher who was in his last three or four years of working in his uh, late 50s, and he, he had actually taught Dan Aykroyd and used to tell us Dan Aykroyd stories. Dan Aykroyd once went on a high school field trip to Parliament Hill, put a briefcase in the center of the lobby, went and hid behind a pillar and screamed, bomb. Apparently, they were <laughs> interrogating him for four hours. True story. Actually did that. Yeah, uh, comic time. He's an authentic comedian. <laughs> oh, the irony of comedy. <laughs> the irony of comedy. One man's joke is another man's bomb threat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, here in Australia, there's a whole thing of um, tall poppy syndrome. If you think you, you know, taking down people because you're not them. And it's, you know, I would get grief for, oh, you're a dickhead. And it's like, I'm, I'm doing the same stuff as, you know, they think Seinfeld's a god and I, I'm doing something similar and they hate me. I don't know if it comes out of jealousy or something like that, but there's also that problem with Australia. It's like, oh, you're from overseas. Clearly you're better than us. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing in Canada. There's a real crab bucket mentality. We don't, we don't like people to get too big in Canada, right? The only yeah. person who's really gotten away, a couple literary figures have gotten away with it, like 
Michael Ondaatje, who wrote the uh, English patient, and of course, Margaret Atwood with Handmaid's Tale and everything. But that's the only people who will allow public adoration of our writers. But we don't have any movie stars in Canada. None. And it's, it's just, it's not tolerated, damn it. Because they don't pay them well. That's why they all go to, go to Hollywood. Yeah, but like, what I mean, um, I just, mean, you, yeah. you you can't even go to the U.S., become famous and come back to Canada for summers in cottage country or something and be expected to be treated any differently. Hey, hey, Dan, I was next in line with my kids at the ice cream truck. Get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's hey, the thing. It's Hollywood. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it's gone. I've had a, I've had a Biden moment. <laughs> you had a Biden what? moment. <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you. You're, you're Biden. I'll, your time for your memory to come back. Hey Monty, I'll yes. bet you Dan. I, I'll bet you Dan Aykroyd has read Stardust Ranch. I'm sure he has, or he he'll be aware of it because it's it. That's you, you know what I mean by it's. I'm not saying it's a, a yeah. vast gulf of separation, but Stardust Ranch because it's the you've got the trilogy of ranches on the same. Is it not parallel? It's the the other one. There's there's a lot of Hollywood stars that go out there to spend weekends with John. I'm not allowed to say any names, but well, you would be yeah. amazed. <laughs> Iron man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Irony man. There we go. There's it. There's it. There's our, there's our superhero that we've created for this show. Irony man. Irony man. Line is, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Thank you for saving. Hey, sorry, buddy, not me. <laughs> it can't clench on crack. No, hey, no. Uh, oh, but yeah, there's a positive side to the the tall poppy syndrome. Uh, it's very small, but the idea is to not allow someone to become a diva and, and have their ego inflated, and they walk around like you know the emperor's new clothes and all that type of stuff. A Rock by Man starring Monty Dean as Irony Man. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Afghanistan. Come for the Taliban. Stay for the opium. Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. You say, yeah, but <laughs> the US military is involved in the heroin trade. How do you know that? Geraldo went to Afghanistan, was, yeah. in, was interviewing uh, the captain of the squad, um, guarding the poppy fields. <laughs> you don't need to jump to a conclusion here. It's it's placed in front of you. Right, and that was Fox News that did that. Yeah, and and what's the reasoning for it? Oh, see, so uh, someone else could make money from it. Burn the fucking thing down. Oh, but it's bad for the economy. Uh huh. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. Please make Irony Man save save the movie industry from mediocrity. There you go. <laughs> All right, let, let's speak. Speaking about comedy, can anybody tolerate watching any of the late night talk shows anymore? No, like I, any I, I of haven't. them. No, no, I, they they completely killed TV from eleven thirty onwards. That I mean, the the late night talk show used to be a mainstay in my life when I was growing up in the eighties. You know, yep. I I watched David Letterman at least twice a week. And, you know, I, and I'm old enough to remember Johnny Carson. I used to watch it with my mom and dad. And I am telling you, man, it, and th this is a sign of the times, what they're doing to comedy. I mean, th th those are unwatchable. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel and yeah. literally unwatchable. Yeah. The, one problem, the, not major, but a large chunk of the problem is 
for five years they've had orange man bad i've seen people react on um, social media where they hate trump and they want him out of office and they're uh true left like you know sane but they can't watch this shit because they're tired of seeing the same joke for five years five times a week you know orange man bad orange man bad um and it's the as joe rogan points out it's the there isn't a small group of people trying to control hollywood this uh it's the culture that came in and so everyone's like oh what's selling oh well you know this person went woke oh, oh we should do that what's the diversity uh what, what what type of what who can we hire well what about the story? Oh, fuck that. Um, we need a black guy and a Chinese amputee gay person. And uh, like, yeah, but the story, no, 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 I'll be fine. Oh, it bombed. Oh, everyone's racist and a phobe. Yeah. It, it's, it, that's, just, that's just business. They're just protecting their business interests, right? You have to be that way in Hollywood for the most part. They're all the really thing- shallow. Yeah, but they're not—they're not protecting their business because they're not making any money because it's not—you know—it's yeah. escapism. <laughs> and I'm—I'm yeah. I'm, I'm amazed that, uh, like, even the BBC with the way they're doing it, where uh, during Roman times there were more black people there than we're told, and history is whitewashed. Technically, it's written from a white man's perspective because that's the latest. You know, it, and it's not just white men, and it's just not the British. It's the elite who happen to be from the British Isles. And it all yeah. filters down. So, you know, and I'll stop there because I realized I could rant for 13 hours like David Icke because the, the British family is connected to the three families and they all can be led back to uh, Egypt and so on and so forth. And yeah. <laughs> like... Albert, Albert Ortega says, Jimmy Kimmel was a cunt to Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell was all class all the way with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it's just become so politicized. I feel like I'm living in like St. Petersburg in 1984 or something. It's just bloody ridiculous. There, there is also the hypocrisy of um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's part of that crowd of like, oh, you, you did blackface? Clearly you're racist and you should be cancelled and lose all your job contracts, house and family. And yet he did a, uh, a sketch 20 years ago of him in blackface. And it was I don't think it was a mean yeah. spirit. It was like, you know. Um, uh, I can understand where the whole thing of you know, black and white mistrals that is offensive to black people, but uh, there's there's a not a fine there's a line where allow the actor to act like the um, have you seen is it Cloud Atlas from the Wachowski yeah. thing Yeah, I mean um, actually uh, the right the, the the writer there is actually more important uh, very well known in literary circles. Um, his name is E. Uh, is it Ian Mitchell? I forget what the first name is. I can't but, remember. Uh, yeah, I, I actually I, read I, Cloud Atlas before the book came out of uh, the movie. It's a it's a really well done book. But yeah, they did a good job on the movie too. Yeah. Um. Uh, who played Agent Smith in the Matrix? Um. Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Uh, and because in the story, uh, it's all about um, timeline and reincarnation, where we have past lives, you know, multiple lives, and uh, Hugo Weaving plays an Asian person because he's his soul uh uh was you know was born in in asia and it's very hard to actually attack that for racism because it's like well you can't get an asian actor can you find any any asian that looks like hugo weaving and can act like hugo weaving so there has to be makeup in this up until the 70s maybe i think during the 80s you would have famous uh british actors they would play different nationalities because they can act. But then, you know what I mean? It's that back and forth of like, oh, 
but you know, uh, Indian people can't. Yeah, you know, like um, Scarlett Johansson. I gotta say play. though, Monty. I, I gotta say though, with all the with the all all the Asian acting talent out there, Tilda Swinton should not have been cast as the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Ah, uh, well, that was because of the Chinese, because you can't have a Tibetan in a Marvel movie. Right. You can't. And they needed oh, star shit, power. They right. needed star yeah. power. Yeah. They screwed themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they screwed themselves. Yeah. Um. Even like Disney's in trouble for like the Star Wars films. Uh, they take Finn, um, John Boyega, who happens to be have dark skin. They take him off the poster because the, they believe the Chinese uh, populace are racist and you know, they don't like black people or some stupid thing like that. And so you can see both. It's like uh, Black Lives Matter, except for when we're selling a movie in China. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is actually quite prolific in Asia. Um, Michael Jackson actually took a giant monkey on stage for his Japanese tour because he had heard that the Japanese had that similar feeling. So just to mock them. They, and having lived in Taiwan for two years, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty racially intolerant. Let's put it that way. I didn't say racist, but, you know, they've been raised in a homogeneous culture for 8,000 years. What do you expect? It's not like they went through the grade school system in Ontario, Canada in the 70s. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you said um, uh, you actually said the the true name of the Prime Minister of Canada. I think yesterday, the day before, um, Justin Castro. Gonna, yeah, that. Thank you, because the, the brain just goes Trudeau and you know, Castro. It's, and I, like, how can you say that? Just look at photos, for the love of God. Look, get the same. It, it's not that hard. You don't need a DNA test. It's like so. So Castro. <laughs> Castro man. I wear cocks on my socks and I'm plunging Canada into an ever-living hell. Man, you, you, man, that, that would be brilliant, brilliant, actually. Just find out what restaurants he goes to in Ottawa, get a hair follicle or something, call uh, Fidel Castro's most alienated son since he died and say, can I have a hair follicle? And, uh, and actually do the test and prove it. I don't think he'd live to get the results to the public. No, no. I, I'm fascinated, like, in Stardust uh, Ranch, because uh, <laughs> like, I watched uh, uh, your interview with John on uh, Into the Microcosm with Jimmy Jean, and yeah. um, because it's not in the book. It, it, you relate it, but it's not said in this way. <laughs> and John said, yeah, I think I'm the first person who FedExed an alien to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, they're tracking everything. It's like, yeah, but somehow this man got a gray through the postal service system to the yeah. universities. Uh, funny Once stuff. again, the world's run by idiots. Yeah. 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 And I, I could be wrong, but you know, uh, uh, ruled by psychopaths run by idiots and a psychopath is a, just a high functioning idiot. Yeah. Just a high functioning idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The great irony. So guys, should we take some calls? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So if you are listening on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and want to be able to call in and talk to us, you must be in the Zoom room. Robert's going to put up some information of how you can come into the Zoomy room. All that information. Hey, so, so we want you to go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, uh, can I just... Can I just respond to Santo talking about Bill Gates' divorce? The one good thing about Bill Gates' divorce is um, Chris Klein can start acting again. Because you know how, yeah, because Melinda looks like Christopher uh, Chris Klein. Is it Chris Klein? 
It's Klein know. anyway. Kevin yeah, Klein? Uh, Kevin Klein. Thank you. Yeah, C K C. Yeah, Kevin Klein. Nothing against Kevin Klein. I like him as an actor. He's brilliant in A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave as well. Where yeah, Dave, where he plays the president and the man taking over the presidency. Have yeah. you seen so, Dave? With so yeah. Weaver? yeah. We want yeah. you to hold on real quick. We want you to click that participants button. Click, raise your hand if you want to call in and talk to us and say something funny. And all you people in the chat room here are lazy ass motherfuckers, chicken shits who aren't raising your hand. Uh, Andrew is using the Disney business model by insulting the customer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Buy my shit, you fucks. <laughs> it's still no one's raised their hand. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to go all medieval on your ass. Yeah, also, uh, people are having a go at people in the chat room for not putting their hands up. No one. has. Oh, we've got one hand. So that person is a hero or heroine. Everyone else is like, oh, look, you're all chicken. Then put your hand up, you prick. <laughs> exactly. Put your hand up, you prick. <laughs> chicken shit. I like okay. that, the Disney, the Disney plan, business plan. We'll insult our customers and then wonder why no one's buying. All right. The microphone will be opened if you put your hand up. Exactly. All right, Robert. Our one brave person <laughs> named Galactic Fire. Uh, can you unmute them? Uh, but Galactic is spelt incorrectly, but I'm not sure if that was intentional no, or not. It's Galactic. 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 Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. Where are you calling from? I'm in Phoenix. Here in Phoenix. Welcome to the show. Are you laughing tonight? Um, actually, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, a little so bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, it's a comedy yeah. show and it's the purpose, but yeah. Well, you know, um, I actually, I was really in a hurry to leave my house and I set my phone down and I was getting everything ready and all of a sudden I hear Monty's voice and I'm like, wait a minute, that's weird. So apparently, because um, I wanted to catch the show today, so apparently I did. <laughs> awesome. And I felt really intimidated, so I raised my hand. <laughs> Wonderful. May the yeah. power of intimidation work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I love you guys. You guys are great. That's a breath of fresh air. Wonderful. It's lonely here in Phoenix. <laughs> Believe it or not. Are you on a speakerphone? Yes, I am. But I've changed that now. Yeah, you sound like you're, you're, you sound like you're inside a tin can 20 miles away. Oh, okay. Is that better? A little bit, yes. Uh, okay, now I am not in the, on a speakerphone. I was, though. Are you now have a window open driving in your car? Um, No, actually, my air is on. I'll turn it down here. You know, yeah, Phoenix. We, we, get, we, get, we, get, we get air, yes. We get, there we go. Is that better? Much oh god, much better. Yes. Oh good. I'm I'm glad. Sorry about that. It's okay. So what what's life so, like um, in Phoenix for you? Um it's really kind of lonely here, actually. There's not too many easy to talk to, really. Everybody's nah, kind of like difficult to <laughs> 
you're breaking up there, and all we heard is all we heard is it's because uh, it, you were breaking up. The the bit we heard is not easy to talk to. I'm like, yeah, we we and get then, that. And then we hear your motor running too. <laughs> right? Yeah, my truck's kind of loud. Sorry. You know, I mean, I was like, there was nobody else there, so I decided to raise my hand. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm so doing. Awesome. Um, I'm doing the audiobook for Stardust, and so yeah, Phoenix is mentioned once or twice. So you should drive yeah. through uh, Rainbow Valley and see how weird that feels. Right, absolutely. That's a, I have no that's idea a nice weekend that. trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to see know. a portal that goes through time? <laughs> Nothing sus. I heard those are kind of rough, so I might decline that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to all right, Dylan, we're having a really tough time. We're having a tough time. Maybe if you pull over, we'll be able to hear you more, but the car engine's starting to overpower you. I know, right? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. How about if okay. I um, try and raise my hand here again in a little bit? That sounds good. Different. That sounds good. I You're a brave me. soul. Oh, good. Back, okay. I'll try back, okay? All right. All right, okay. great. Okay. All right, Robert, let's, let's, let's bring up Santo. Or in Australian, Santo. Santo. Come on back, Santo. Hey, Santo. Hey. He was asking to unmute. Santo. 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 Must be that connection he has. Because he's driving. He's driving. (laughs) Santo. Santo. (laughs) Santo. Sending a request, but it's not getting received. All right, we'll come back to Santo. Let's bring up <laughs> Jimmy the Kid. Jimmy the Kid. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Disney Pixar film in the background. Hey Jimmy the Kid here. Oh, wait, we've hey, got Santo Jimmy. and Jimmy. Hold on one second. Jimmy, hold on. We've got Santo. We'll come to you in just a second, Jimmy. Santo, are you there? Yes, yes. I finally figured out how to unmute this stupid phone. <laughs> Wonderful. I understand you're driving also, aren't you? We're driving. We're just about to go into a little town called Coffs Harbour. Uh, don't know whether it's uh, got anything to do with the Rona. We'll check how many masks are in Coffs Harbour. But uh, it's a beautiful day in New South Wales. Like I said, we just drove past um, good old Russell Crowe's property. And there was a huge bushfires through here, as you probably knew last year sometime and there's been a huge amount of rain so everything uh in true style of um the paradox of life it's floods recently and it's very green and beautiful nice wonderful which is which happens in australia because the the environment's used to having fire go through to rejuvenate yeah it's quite quite strange the extremities that have been going on recently but uh today just happens to be one of those perfect autumn days that's uh fantastic for driving and speaking of driving andrew i hear you're going to get a van are you going to do a big drive or something a a camper trailer so i purchased a 18 foot camper trailer so i'll tow behind yeah yeah i already did so waiting for it to come from the factory and uh, what's the plan? Uh, go out 10 so days. No, no, go out 10 days, come back for a week, go out 10 days, come back for two weeks, go out 10 days, come back for a week, 
go out 10 days, come back for two weeks. Because 10 days, I can go anywhere in the United States twice. <laughs> they, and, they call that a travel sonnet. Yes. Just like With, the guy from Taken, the, the, right. the TV show, not the movie. Still have to do that um, parody of the the TV show. Can you imagine uh, Liam Neeson being in the TV show Taken, talking to a grey alien? I don't know who you are, but I have a special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with the book coming out, I'm looking to be changing the big business, the bigger bigger side of the business model, and uh, being having an opportunity to do some other things other than the nine years that I've been doing, you know, 25 sessions a week. It, it gets to be a grind after a while, even though I love doing them, but I, I want to be able to experience something different. I want to know what my next level is also. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is I used to live in the States for a while and I find it very amusing the way um, Americans travel in their RVs and these big RVs and these uh, big campsites which is quite a contrast to the way Aussies travel. We, we call them grey nomads and they just mm -hmm. pull these huge houses on wheels. And every oh, now and then you see one of these American, what do they call them? The uh, Winnebago's, yeah. that's it, the Winnebago's. Uh, every now and then you see one of these big Winnebago's. But uh, lately, it's unbelievable the amount of people that have just packed up or sold their houses and bought these huge caravans and they're all over the highway when you know we're trying to overtake them all the time now yeah most of them are victorians because of the government here <laughs> like, yeah. yeah that's it after last year with the the nazi-like uh, aspect of lockdowns and only travel five kilometers are like we're fucking leaving <laughs> and so queensland's been in, inundated with all these people moving yeah, yeah. So when are you coming, Monty? I have no money. That's all right. Hey, you know, we just built a studio at our place. <laughs> so, and it's on a cliff. You could be inspired. You can come up and sit, sit in the <laughs> studio. Stay, yeah, yeah. Inspired to stay alive so don't go near the edge. That works. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, are you close to Sydney? Because uh, it's, it's one of my yeah. uh, conditions. Uh, I have to be near... Um, that, near might, uh, that might... The yeah, venues what? that have bands. So I, I oh, like seeing geez. live bands. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm a bass player. Papa? My son is a professional drummer. Uh, you'll have music coming out of our ears. I was supposed to gig last weekend, but I had an unfortunate incident with one of my front teeth, so I couldn't do it. So you will... We live virtually on the Gold Coast, and it is full of music. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. Oh, the Gold Coast, that's like a, an hour away from Brisbane. So that's good, yeah, because, you know, Anthrax and Metallica tour, um, watching you guys play the covers isn't that fun. Just pointing, you know, it's... No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can bring your guitar and make a lot of noise. No one will mind. Good. You're, you're trying to say We're something, Bruce. Bruce, calling Bruce. Yeah, Bruce I was going to say that secluded uh, how, uh, cabin or or that secluded guest house on a cliff might. Am I, am I muted? What's going on here? No, something's going on with your your internet's going from red to yellow really fast. 
Is someone hacking your internet? Somebody figured out how to hack the passcode? Okay, I'll be quiet. You might just turn your no. video off. No. Just turn your turn your video Impossible. off. That'll, yeah, that'll be turned. That should clear it up. Could be the bandwidth. Try now. Yeah, that would be a lovely. Uh, yeah, that would be a lovely place but you definitely need to talk to that ngo about internet in costa rica yeah don't worry about me just go on with the show yes you need to talk to that ngo about internet in costa rica there's an albatross between actually Bruce they, and they the kind of brought that up and they yeah they brought it up yeah <laughs> irony Anyways, they brought it up <laughs> my mission has been served yes <laughs> bit of a lag <laughs> it's alright you just got to de-haunt your router for a second <laughs> this is a scene from Irony Man <laughs> yes mom's screaming internet you're bad alright Santo thanks for calling in I know worries guys have a great day alright let's bring on Jimmy the Kid the gunslinger. Jimmy, did it work? There, yes. It, How you doing? I'm good. Are you there? Great. Where are you calling from? <laughs> uh, Los Angeles. Welcome to the show, Senor Kid. So, are Thank we making you. you laugh today? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do we? I make like you to calm down. Don't get too excited. <laughs> yes, I'm you just, are. <laughs> I'm just super. I'm just super cool. That's all. Oh, but, uh, all right. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Sorry. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to break the. Yeah, go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm staying in character over here. Um, <laughs> I like this power trio though. Bruce is a good addition to this squad over here. When the internet works. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't have anything to say, but I could tell you a little stupid story that happened to me. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Um, I was texting a friend and then at the sort of at the same time trying to text my pot dealer. And I got confused and sent a wildly offensive text to the pot dealer by accident. <laughs> and the context was my friend was on some sort of diet I'd never heard of called the, the Whole30. I believe. So, you know, we're just being stupid together. No one's watching. So I think I can get away with it. <clears throat> and I say something like, oh, what, what is that? Is it like a whole 30 dudes cocks up your ass or something? Just being a jerk, you know? <laughs> and I sent it to my weed dealer by accident. I just yeah, got confused. That... <laughs> and he didn't think it was response? funny at all. No. <laughs> so I, I have yeah. had the, the weed dealer I, like, like process too. Go ahead. Did we lose him? No, it's the internet's slowing down because we are, we're too high frequency or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, they can't handle the funny. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear it though, Andrew. So I, I've had the weed, the weed dealer mistake also. Uh, texting a friend back and forth and just, you know, just, you know, trading insults and stuff. And um, he, my weed dealer had just got some amazing skunk weed. And I was all super excited about that. And I'm going back and forth. And I ended up calling him 
calling him some very nasty names. And I'm like, oh, shit, Miss Tex. He's like, yeah, sure, you're not getting any of this skunk. <laughs> oh, he, had a, he was a better sport about it than mine. Mine was mine did not find it funny in any way, shape, or form. But it was a good lesson. Well, you know? at least you're in L.A. The weed dealers are a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys... A dime bag a dozen. Do you feel free to roast me for my location if you if you uh, feel so inclined? Nah, it's too easy. <laughs> no, you, 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 you've just you've just done that. Where are you, LA? All right, yeah. all right, exactly. That, You're roasted. That joke writes itself, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hell a. Um, I do you agree with Bill Hicks? He's waiting for that big earthquake and California falls in the sea, and all that's left is the serenity of Arizona Bay. Uh, I have that comedy CD. I don't appreciate that because I'm a LA native and like, you know, what if he's right? Then I'm screwed, you know? Um, but don't those go back? Isn't that some like Edgar Casey prediction or yes, something? Yes, and some, it's some crazy Christian uh, prophet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but still- if, you actually, if you actually do research in just the, the San Andreas fault, it's not really hard to predict. <laughs> like if you know what happens on the earth like well any you, you can't really say oh a tuesday but you know at some point that could happen where the fault goes you know i'm going to stretch and then you know half of the western coast just slides into the sea yeah we're an easy target bill hicks lay off you know <laughs> like, <laughs> well it was um, yeah he died in 93 i think yeah it's fine you know i get that he's not alex jones but you know, if you yeah. squint, if you squint and you like drink some booze, they look a little bit. There is definitely a re- there's definitely a family resemblance. Like he's like a tubby Bill Hicks a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can prove that Bill Hicks uh, or Alex Jones is Bill Hicks because Alex is not as funny as Bill. What, 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 what? what? <laughs> he, 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 you're right. He has his, mom, he has his moments, though. So oh, not, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's almost by accident, like just how loud he is or something, you know? And, and Alex was born in um, 74 as well. He's part of the class of 74. I, I just find I, it fascinating. I don't that, buy like, that. I don't buy that. How that that means he's like my age. Like I don't look anything like him. I oh, know he's, he's lived a hard life. Like if you had me next to um, Alex, it's like wow, you had a different path. But Andrew's seventy four. Um, is uh, um, what's her name? Miss Eisenhower. I can't remember her first name at the moment. I think she's seventy four. Uh, Leonardo, Laura. Leonardo. Yeah, Laura. Yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, November seventy four. So it's it's fascinating. Yeah, that that was a big year for awesome people. So I guess the lesson is if you talk like Cookie Monster for decades, it ages you rapidly or something. Yeah, just also, um, if you're holding that vibration of um, fighting the globalists and it's so doom and gloom and it it has effect on you, like coming from Revolution Radio, I keep having conversations with hosts of like, you need to have a rest. You cannot live in the same frequency constantly and getting addicted to information. You need to realize, you know, you can go outside and play with your dog and actually have, you know, balance and joy. But that dog is a part of the baby raping lizard population, and I can't trust that dog no more. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well, the dog has foil on its head, so yeah, I right. like that. Oh, you're you're a tin foil hat wearer. It's like you know, foil increases the frequency. I mean, I'm I'm old enough that my TV had foil on the antenna to get a better connection. <laughs> 
it's just strange that baby raping lizard wizards is is a it's it's just crazy that that's even a thing that's out there now that like normal people believe in that's why i coined the fade phase the phrase baby raping lizard wizards everyone gets it yeah it's like i'm sure there's one there's probably one in history that did that but now oh everyone's uh uh, he's like sure okay (laughs) yeah somebody's done it but like geez every they that whole thing made it seem like every single person was doing that or something and it i'm sure it confused a lot of people there's a lot of pissed off lizards out there who I'm not a baby raper and I'm not a wizard either. That's it one probably, thing. Like, in um, um, Stardust, uh, they point out like uh, there's all this homogenous crap. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. hi In the chat. He's still there. Um, everyone thinks aliens are all exactly the same. It's like saying humans are exactly the same, but you have factions and different um, sex and everything else like that. that that's S-E-C-T. I know my accent. T- sex. Sects. There's a T in there. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like oh, all grey aliens are demonic. Well, no, not all of them. And uh, uh, Andrew, a quick historian question. Um, how, like, in, What's the percentage of evil lizards? out of all the lizards? Well, there are 12 main lizard races and only two of the races are bad guys. The other 10 are pretty good people, actually. Yeah, they've (laughs) got lizarding cultures. You know, it's like the Chinese corruption. The lizards got their own little internal racism, but it doesn't make them evil. Do they have, you know, do they have, you know, camps with Uyghurs that are harvesting organs? The Chinese do it. Well, maybe some of those other lizards have organ harvesting, but they're not like harvesting loosh on a galactic level. Yeah, it, it, you cannot judge. Yeah. It sounds it, very it, sexism and um, uh, racism, judging one person. It's like even um, gun control. One person loses it, so everyone loses the guns. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, everything I know about extraterrestrial races, which is quite considerable now, I still consider the biggest cunts in the universe to be the human race. <laughs> <laughs> I second I, I, that. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. There are some other cunts out there we don't know about, and there are some. <laughs> higher, there are some higher density cunts that hold Lord of Cuntness and have had that title for a long time. Are there any what cunts in the plant kingdom? <laughs> oh yes, tulips. They're the cuntiest plants yeah. out there. See oh, the man. Dutch. <laughs> Those fucking guys. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the Venus fly pla- Venus flytrap is just trying to survive. It, it's not. It's not like a trifid. Uh, I've always had rest. those as plants. Those are, yeah. just they get a someone bad rap. Yeah, someone gave a, flies. Yeah, uh, someone gave a Venus flytrap chocolate and it died. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> like you don't give. Uh, That's too experimental. Humans are, yeah, humans are interesting. That's a nice way of saying things. Oh, very diplomatic of you. Yeah. Well, it's like Elon Musk. We're going to Mars. I'm just like, no, we're not. <laughs> like, do you think the rest of the galaxy is like, oh, the humans are uh, leaving the planet? Fuck, red. code red, code red, code red. Because, well, we need to figure out how to um, coexist on this planet and you know work together. And uh, people's um, idea is, oh we'll get better when we go off planet. It's like, no, the, the, the disease is just going to spread out like a virus until we actually do some work on ourselves. Did you guys even bother to 
watch the uh, Elon Musk comedy. I watched. <laughs> I've seen like yeah. ten minutes of it. Um, the weekend update where uh, the running gag was it, was, it was an okay gag, which what is Dogecoin? And they asked it about eight times. And I saw the opening uh, where he brings his mum on. And yeah. But the rest of it apparently was just, um, it looked like they were trying to sabotage um, Elon because it was so bad. <laughs> I've seen tweets like, don't worry, SNL's like this all the time. It's this bad because people aren't watching it because it's it's lower common denominator but on the far left and i think the jokes that are written on monday they get rehearsed and tweaked and by the the saturday all the humans being sucked out of it damn right i i i uh i don't even understand what's going on over there anymore or maybe i do and it's just uh no no one understands what's going on over there anymore I've never found much of it funny. Um, I, I I like the stuff that comes out of it, like Wayne's World or the Blues Brothers, but the actual show itself, I'm going, this is a classic thing. Um, I, it, but that's just a personal experience. I'm not saying, yeah, I just don't find any of the, except for Norm MacDonald and Chevy Chase doing, and a bit of David Spader doing um, uh, the weekend update where they're, oh, yeah. they're allowed to do anything they want type thing. Uh, yeah. I was watching Jim Brewer talking to Joe Rogan about his experience on it. And it's it's all about competition. It's so negative in there and everyone backstabs and is fighting. And the only places that you have freedom to do anything you want is the opening monologue and the weekend update. Everything else has to go through the NBC <laughs> filter or right. some type of filter. And, and that Lauren Michaels makes sure that you're always in competition to each other. I really enjoyed that episode because it reminded me of how bad uh, how bad Saturday Night Live is, but why does it still get laughs? And it's not because of laugh tracks. They're playing, they're playing to the memes before memes were out there. They knew they could grab a laugh if the president of the United States made a mistake. It didn't matter who it was. Like when Bill Clinton was in office, Saturday Night Live was freaking hilarious with the blue dress jokes. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Or when, when, when uh, W2 took over, when George W took over, oh, my God, they were ruthless to him. But it mm. was way more funny than their Trump yeah. jokes. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I mean, few people killed as hard as Dana Carvey on that show. Oh, like, he murdered it. He murdered it, right? Another Canadian. Yep. I believe. Is he? Yes. No, I, believe. I don't oh, think yes. so. No, he's a Canadian. Yes, he is Canadian. Really? Yeah. Dana? Yep. Yeah. Never he's heard that be ever. West Coast than Vancouver. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Vancouver. See, that, that, see, that's what the United States does. Oh, it's successful. You're not Canadian anymore. Um, have I have been? There's another one. One. Seth Rogan, is that you said? Yeah, I don't find him funny. Yep. I can see why. I can oh, see man. how. <laughs> don't even get me started on that guy. Jesus, what a hack. Yeah, I can't, it's I can't, like, I can't do it. Is it Sausage Fest? What was the animation thing where all the food had sex? And I'm like, is that the joke? Like, you know, when I see unfunny comedies, it's like, is the joke that this was made? Uh, I'm not getting it here. So. I'm sorry, no, Dana Carvey was born in Missoula, Montana. Oh, uh, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. He's got strong Yankee vibes to me. But, yeah, fair uh, enough. Well, isn't that special? Oh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I, I, I liked him in Two Girls. Uh, no, what? Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. And then they dropped it to Two Guys and a Girls. Try and um, uh, Google that 
TV show on the internet. <laughs> like, two guys and a girl. Wow. <laughs> and um, he's, what's he's the, brilliant um, as um, what's he's brilliant the best as Deadpool. Political. <laughs> what do you guys think is the best political impersonation in the history of Saturday Night Live? Oh, wow. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to go. Ooh. I'll go first. I think it's Norm MacDonald's Bob Dole. Uh, yep, that's what popped into Bob my Dole, head. Don't do that. Remember Norm MacDonald was Bob Dole? Oh, that, yep. was, oh, was, that was that was great. But the guy that played Bill Clinton was just as good. Was it that well, Brewer? He, yeah. Jim he, uh, God, what is his name? He's like a true impressionist, yeah. not uh, God. Daryl Hammond. Daryl Hammond, yes. Yeah. Daryl Hammond. I, that's on par. That's on par with Bob the Bob Dole one. And and is it Rich Little? Because I'm not. I don't want to. Uh, no, I'm thinking Little. Yeah, Richard. yeah. Rich Little was fantastic at um, his impressions as well. To answer um, uh, Bruce's question, uh, Richard Nixon was probably the best impression of a politician. But Dana Carvey's like abstract impressions it? are pretty fantastic where it's just about finding this one little hook that isn't accurate, you know? That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Carvey did um, Bill Clinton, George I think. Oh, yeah. Or oh, did he also do George Bush Sr.? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yes, was, Dana Carvey did George Bush Sr., correct, yes. That was his yeah, bread and yeah. butter for a while. I'm not sure. Yeah, and that was brilliant as well. Then, uh, Kevin, I, I, then Kevin Nealon did the the news guys. Kevin Nealon's underrated, I think. He's oh, really yeah. he's definitely underrated. He's really funny, but it's kind of subtle. It's not like big, so I think people miss it. But he's a really funny dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not really um, an impression, but it's a uh, uh, Christian Bale playing um, Darth Cheney. Have you seen Vice? Yes, yes, that was good. That, yeah, uh, I was hope they got very close to what we know. Like it, it's very mainstream point of view, but yeah, Cheney's he's a cunt. Uh, but yeah, Christian, <laughs> it's scary. And um, uh, what's his name? He's in the forty. <laughs> uh, Steve Carell plays Rumsfeld. That's also scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, the guy who played um, uh, Sam Rockwell plays W uh, Junior. Yeah, he's fantastic. It, it, it's worth it if you. It's fascinating to watch, especially where they have the fake credits about twenty minutes into the story. That was a great yeah. fake out. I love that. But it's worth seeing once if you haven't seen Vice. There's no right. um, Halliburton on Mars, unfortunately, but you know it, it gets close. <laughs> You ever seen a movie from 98 with Sam Rockwell called Safe Men by any chance? No. Dude, that's a very funny movie. If you guys are ever out of ideas. I did uh, I did enjoy him in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where he plays yeah. Zaphod Biddlebrox. Um, yeah, that was cool. Hey, Andrew, I asked this in the chat, but do you have any uh, like Akashic insight into Dan Aykroyd's webbed toes at all? Is that a is that, uh, 16, anything? 16 of the population of a human humans have webbed toes. Is that uh, a genetic throwback from um, someone fiddling with DNA thousands of years ago? Well, fiddle, sort of, but mm. more like a time where the webbed toes 
with barefoot people gave much better traction. It wasn't about swimming. That's a big myth. Okay. Okay. Web toes was really about functioning in moist dirt. And then the webbing would get calluses on it that could become very hard. Again, it gave better traction. Oh, so it's an advantage. Yes, it's an advantage. Yes. It's like being uh, it's like being uncircumcised almost, but on your feet. Yes. Good way to put it. Good way to put it. Very visceral. Yes. Yes. I'm a visual person. Shit. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I'm giving you 25 visceral points on a comedy show for that line right there. You, you've earned it. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, respect. There's a T-shirt. But now I feel like I'm uh, missing out, though, you know? I want web toes. Is there any way to, like, acquire webbing on your feet through super, practice? Super glue and paper mache. All right. Reincarnation. Um, <laughs> what about, like, Trans- bare- tra- Transhumanism. You could try that. <laughs> what about, like, barefoot walking for, like, 16 hours a day every day or something? That wouldn't do it? I like the idea of super glue and flippers. Yeah, it's very practical. It's practical. It may end badly. That's one of those grandmasters of the obvious tips. Yes, I, I and and you know, being grandmaster of the obvious, I, I've had some very obvious moments where I just like, hey, you know, it's this, this, and this, and it, then people are like, just like cricket, 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 and it's an unintentional mic drop moment. <laughs> <laughs> like when I first started doing interviews. I'd be like going on six, seven, eight, nine minutes, and I just suddenly stop. I'm like, "Are you there?" I hear <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket. <laughs> like yeah. even when I was interviewing with Sean Stone, and, and he he's an amazing interview, but I'd say some stuff that I'd be like, he'd be like, "Uh, mm. process, <laughs> not processing, not processing," <laughs> and then the Windows wheel would show up. <laughs> yeah, I had I've had moments on Planet Collingwood where I would just express a point. And then there's there's a pregnant pause that you can drive the Millennium Falcon through, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe that's a good thing. It's like a superpower or something to just yeah hush, yeah it, it's hush the it's, room. It, it's okay on television, but on radio, it's, it's technically <laughs> yeah, exactly. dead air. <laughs> it's dead air. Because <laughs> someone goes, think, like, "Oh, they're not on." <laughs> you know. For whatever it's worth, I think you and Bruce have a good like comedy duo dynamic going. Like, uh, I like how he kind of doesn't approve, you know, like that could work well on stage. I know it could. That's that's why we have the triumvirate of comedians here. And the fact that you're such a good sport about it, Monty, makes it extra funny. Like you're, you're not really bothered by it. It's good. Oh, you guys should... I yeah, will approve your six... suggestion. Yeah, that's because there's 16,000 kilometers between us now. If we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. That could be funny, too. Yeah, long distance uh, relationship there. Don't just, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they've got a little bromance going. No, it's funny yeah. stuff. Uh, you know, like the deadpan sidekick versus the, I don't know, whatever you call it. There's something well, yeah, there. That's usually in, in, in a comedic duo, you usually have a straight man, which allows uh, jokes to bounce off. Or like in Abbott and Costello, yeah. uh, Abbott's the tall one. Costello would be the idiot. And um, uh, that's, you know, the other guy is basically the straight man. And that's how, like, who's on first, which goes for nine minutes. And yeah. it's just, um, 
I keep mixing up the tall, <laughs> tall one, short one, um, or fat and skinny, if you remember all those jokes. But one is basically going, who's on first? Yes. And it, it causes drama. What it, What's the best way of explaining it, Bruce? The, there's that tension between it because uh, it's, it's, not the, com- it's-, it's not conflict, but it is. Friction. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just the straight man and 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 the comedy man. It's it's got to be the oldest shtick in in comedy. It goes right back to Laurel and Hardy. Everything, right? Yeah, it's well, the yin. Another fine mess you've gotten us into. Yeah, it's the yin yang of laughter, sort of. You know. Yeah. Um, and I I really do hope you consider writing Irony Man for real because I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of entertainment out there is uh, it's painful. Well, we've got a writer in our midst. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a pen a short a really short short script story called Irony Man. Well, what, what we can do we can do is um, write five pages of script and we can do a radio play on tell on this and we can try and do it that way. Yeah, some I'll get right lot, on that. A lot of people are bored <laughs> out there right now, you know. Yes, iron and then Tan is like Ironing Man. <laughs> I would, I mean, shit, I would watch Ironing Man. That's how bad it's got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at those creases. That's fantastic. Yeah, look at them go. You know, so Ironing uh, Man is best friends with Pedantic Man. Yeah, there's your straight man in comedic. (laughs) This is a whole genre unfolding, you know. Think about it: Irony Man, uh, Pedantic Man, Captain um, Obvious. Yeah, it's like a, it's almost a little alternate universe with forming. But uh, I'm pretty much tapped out. If you guys want to give someone else a try. But uh, I appreciate you bringing me on. Thanks, this is fun. Thanks, thanks for calling into the show, Jimmy. We're going to uh, call no it. An, we're going to call it an end of the show today because I've been talking for nearly ten straight hours, and I need to have a break from talk, 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 talk. We get the point. Some more. All right, Monty. Why don't you give away people to get a hold of you? On YouTube, it is Wafer Thin Entertainment, and that's where you can find this replay. Will be up in in a week as well as as robert finds the stuff on twitter if you go into that battlefield at real monty dean uh facebook monty dean on uh instagram it's monty dot dean um on Pocketnet, um on uh odyssey as wafer thin and on anchor fm as uh wafer thin entertainment as and with anchor fm i'm actually on spotify so you know um hey not on a wink apple podcasts and you know i'm on eight different things that i actually have to write out a list of everything i'm on and um it's probably going to be 17 things and occasionally i'm on public transport bruce do you want to give a a little uh, spot about yourself amazon.com bruce mcdonald i've got fiction and nonfiction up there got a book coming out with andrew june 15th there's a great there's a great read for this crowd up there already called stardust ranch the incredible true story if you like skinwalker ranch you're going to love this. You're going to love that. You yeah. all know who I am. We can go to my website, andrewbartzes.com and be on the lookout. In about one month, a book will be coming out. All right, Robert, take us away. <laughs>